Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for standing by and welcome to Endeavour Mining's O2 and Interim 2021 Results Conference Call. At this time, all participants are in list and only mode. After the management's presentation, there will be a question and answer session. To ask a question during the session, you will need to press star and one on your telephone. This conference call is being recorded and transcript of the call will be held on Endeavour's website tomorrow. I would now like to hand the conference over to the management. Please go ahead. Hi, everyone. I am Martino, Vice President, Strategy and Investor Relations, and I'd like to welcome you to our Q2 2021 results webcast. On the call, I am joined by Sebastian, Mark, Joanna, and Patrick. Before we start, please note the usual disclaimer. Today's call will follow our usual format. Sebastian and Joanna will start by discussing the Q2 operational and financial highlights, Mark will then walk you through our detailed results by mine. And finally, Patrick will give you a brief overview of our half-year exploration results. We will try to be as quick as possible to leave time for questions at the end. And now, I'll hand it over to our CEO, Sebastian, to walk you through our Q2 highlights. Sebastian? Thank you, Martino. Uh, it's definitely been a busy year so far, and we have achieved several important milestones, including our LSE listing back in June. To recap the quarter, I would summarize in one sentence. Uh, we have had a strong business performance, which has underpinned our ability to deliver excess shareholder returns. And you see on the left top box that we delivered a record operating performance with production up 18% compared to Q1. We produced over 400,000 ounces during the quarter. Uh, that's an annualized run rate of over 1.6 million ounces, while this year's guidance is 1.4 to 1.5 million ounces. As a result, we are on track to achieve the top end of our production guidance and our costs are also on track. Our strong operating performance has of course translated into a very robust set of financials. Our operating cash flow increased by 44%, 45% over Q1 to reach roughly $300 million and our adjusted net earnings nearly doubled to reach roughly $180 million. So yes, we are generating a lot of cash and we are allocating that cash to continue to strengthen our balance sheet, exploration, growth, and of course shareholder returns. We overall reduced our net debt this quarter uh, with our leverage ratio now standing up near zero. This put us in a very strong good position to deliver excess shareholder returns. This started earlier this year when we paid our maiden dividend of $60 million for the 2020 fiscal year and today we are pleased to announce the dividend of $70 million for H121. Our minimum commitment for this year is $125 million, so as you can see, today's dividends demonstrate our intent to pay more than the minimum. In addition, given the attractiveness of our stock price, we've been actively buying back our stock since the program was launched in April. To date, approximately $70 million has been purchased, and we intend to keep the program going as long as we see our share price undervalued. This cash flow also allowed us to continue to aggressively explore with $50 million spent this year already. And given the strong results we will be announcing in the coming weeks, I can already confirm that the group is on track to deliver again over 2.5 million ounces of indicated resources this year, thanks to Patrick and his team. 
Moving to slide seven, you can see our key performance indicators tracking through the year to date. Our safety performance has continued to track well ahead of our industry peers, and we have enhanced several safety programs with our ultimate goal of zero harm. Despite being busy with corporate activity during the first half of the year, we are very well positioned in terms of production relative to our target for the full year. Our performance to date has put us well on track to the top end of our guidance range with the inclusion of Wanyon and Sabadora Masawa for the full quarter having a positive impact. Similarly, all in sustaining costs are on track and during the first half are in the bottom half of our full year guidance range. On slide eight, you can see our production and all in sustaining costs for the past five quarters. With the consolidation of Sabadora Masawa and Wanyo for the full quarter, we've had a strong improvement in our production, which is up 18%, as well as solid performance on cost controls. Our portfolio moves over the last year have had a clear benefit, with production up by more than two and a half times, while unit costs have declined by 9% compared with the prior year quarter. As we look to the individual contribution of our operation, you can see that ET, Hyundai, and Karma are all contributed positively compared with Q1. We saw an anticipated decline at Bungu due to grade sequencing, while MANA was essentially flat. In addition, we had the full quarter consolidated benefit of Sabadola Masawa and Wanyu. On slide 10, I'd like to draw your attention to how our results compare with the first half of 2020 not only in terms of production and all-in sustaining costs, but also in terms of assets and geographic diversification. Our business has changed significantly uh, with the left pie representing our original portfolio and the right pie representing our current portfolio. We produce 433,000 ounces more uh, ounces of gold, while all-in sustaining costs declined by $56 per ounce. Not only that, our portfolio is well diversified with seven different operations across three different countries, with one flagship mine in each of those countries, with Sabadola in Senegal, Inti in Côte d'Ivoire, and Hyundai in Burkina. On the following slides, Joanna will take you through our financial performance in more detail. Joanna? Thanks, Sebastian. Moving to slide 11, our all-in-sustaining margin has continued to trend upwards. The combined benefit of increased consolidated production, reduced all-in-sustaining costs, and a modestly stronger gold price have resulted in a 19% increase on a quarter-over-quarter basis. Compared with the prior year quarter, our all-in sustaining margin has increased by more than 250%. This is due to stronger production at our legacy mines, as well as our acquisitions of Semifo and Taranga. On slide 12, you can see the trend of our operating cash flows, which increased by 51% over Q1 2021, and by more than 400% compared to the prior year quarter. When looking at this metric, this is our second best quarter ever following the strong performance of Q4 last year, where the gold price was roughly $50 per ounce higher. Our Q2 performance is not fully representative of the operating performance of the company due to the seasonality of our tax installment payments, which are always higher in the second quarter of the year. As such, moving to slide 13, we have tried to illustrate a few of the key factors behind the variance in operating cash flows between Q1 and Q2. The waterfall chart starts with our Q1 cash flow of $198 million. You then see that the largest portion was driven by an increase in gold sales, as noted earlier in the presentation. The second quarter is when we normally pay most of our corporate income taxes, leading to the outflow for taxes paid. We also benefited from an inflow and changes in working capital of $14 million, while last quarter we had an outflow of $58 million, which was driven primarily from the working capital acquired in the Taranga acquisition. We also got some modest help from the gold price in the quarter. 
For reference, we had put a few details on the right of the page, and of course there's more fulsome notes in our MDNA. On slide 14, we show our, how our net debt position has continued to improve since the start of the year. We are now sitting at a very healthy leverage ratio of 0.07 times net debt to last 12 months of adjusted EBITDA, despite absorbing the Taranga debt, as well as repaying nearly $120 million of gross debt. Our cash balance remains high at $833 million. We reduced our gross debt during the quarter by $120 million, and we will assess opportunities for further reductions given our large cash position. Slide 15 illustrates the strength of our balance sheet. Despite $59 million of buybacks during the quarter, we have been able to reduce our net debt down to $77 million and our leverage ratio down to 0.07 times. We have demonstrated a steady trend of debt reduction, aside from Q1 of this year, where we assumed $332 million of net debt from Taranga. In Q2 alone, we reduced our net debt by $85 million and our gross debt by $120 million. Moving to slide 16, we have a detailed breakdown of our net earnings for the past two quarters. At the bottom of the slide, you can see a 46% increase in our adjusted net earnings per share from continuing operations compared to the prior quarter. As usual, I won't go through every line here, but we'll address a few of the most significant items. Earnings from continuing mine operations increased due to stronger production, the full consolidation of the Taranga assets, and a slightly better gold price, while costs remained in check. Corporate costs and acquisition and restructuring costs were higher than usual due to the heightened corporate activity, as you are all well aware. Current income tax expense decreased relative to Q1, despite the inclusion of the new mines acquired for the full quarter, due to adjustments related to the prior year taxes upon filing of our tax returns, as well as a decrease in tax expense, tax expense in the quarter based on the lower effective tax rate on the company's taxable earnings in the quarter. Overall, this translated into net earnings of $149 million and adjusted net earnings of $183 million. On slide 17, you can see how our adjusted net earnings per share has trended over the past several years. Overall, we are very pleased with the trend here, and we made more than nine times as much per share in Q2 2021 relative to Q2 2019, which is quite remarkable. I'll now hand it back over to Sebastian so that he can proudly comment on our shareholder returns program. Thank you, Jonna. Moving to slide 18, before discussing our interim dividend that we have declared today, I would like to reiterate our commitment to shareholder returns and remind you of our, all our new shareholder returns framework that we launched earlier this year. We're targeting a distribution of at least $500 million over the next three years, minimum, if gold remains above 1500 uh, This is aligned to our expected production growth, so we are rewarding shareholders with a growing dividend, both in nominal terms and, of course, on a per-share basis. As you can see on this chart, our friendly shareholder return program has us very well positioned across senior gold peers from a yield perspective, specifically when you sum our dividend and the active buyback program. Although, to be clear, our intent is not to compete with Russian gold producers or single mine companies who either need high yields to attract investors or do not have growth potential to invest in their portfolio. Before handing it over to Mark, just a quick word on the UK listing, which was recently achieved. This was a large milestone for us, and we expect to start seeing the results once we are, once we are included into the FTSE index and the MSCI indices. But before discussing UK indexation, I wanted to acknowledge our deletion from the S&P TSX composite, which occurred mid-June. While we didn't expect this to occur, we were pleased to see that the outflow provided natural liquidity for UK and European long-only funds. In fact, on the rebalancing date, we traded approximately 10 million shares and our share price still finished up. 
Not that this overhang is completely removed, but it places us in a good position to benefit from the expected inflows related to FTSE indexation, uh, MSCI indexation, and which are expected to be larger than the S&P and TSX composite outflows. On this page, you see our expected pathway to indexation. As we didn't expect our liquidity to shift to the UK, we decided to redomicile the company to the UK. This allows us to have a very low liquidity threshold to be eligible for the indexation. I will now hand things over to Mark, uh, who is currently on site at ET, and will go through the details of our operations on a mind-by-mind -mind basis. Mark, over to you. Thank you, Sebastian, and hello to everyone on the call. As Sebastian mentioned, I am currently on site at ET to spend some time with our general manager, Rian, and his team, who have put together a fantastic first half, but more about ET shortly. I'll begin the operations review with Sabadala Masala, which we acquired from Taranga in February 2021. We transferred our general manager, Christo, from Hyundai to Sabadala in May, and he's settled in very quickly to the new role. There's a great team on site, and they've handled the transition well, putting in a strong first half. Production increased this quarter compared to Q1 due to higher grades coming from the Sophia main pit, with the Masawa area now contributing all of the mill feed which is expected to remain the case for the remainder of the year. On slide 23, you can see an overview of our ongoing phase one expansion, which is well underway. The purpose of this expansion is to install a gravity circuit, increase leach residence time, and increase the carbon management to better handle the higher grade Masawa ore through the existing CIL plant. The project is tracking ahead of schedule, and the additional electro winning cell is now in use. The DFS for phase two is underway and on track for completion in Q4 2021. As a reminder, this phase will see the construction of a new bio-oxidation processing plant to treat the high-grade refractory ore from Masawa. On slide 24 are some recent pictures highlighting the good progress we are making with the phase one upgrades. Starting at the top left, you can see the additional electro-winning in position in the gold room in the second picture in the top right, you can see the new carbon regeneration kiln has been installed. In the bottom left, you can see the infrastructure for the additional acid wash and elution columns. In the last photo, you can see the rolled steel segments of the new leach tank, which are welded together in situ, one strake after another, until the, the tank reaches the designed height. Turning to Hyundai, where production increased significantly this quarter over Q1, making it a key contributor to the group's strong quarterly performance. Our new general manager, Lawrence, has already proven to be a great replacement for Christo and has a strong mining background. The sharp increase in production was attributable to higher process grades and recoveries due to the increase in the proportion of high-grade oxide ore from carry pumps, with further benefit coming from positive grade reconciliation in some of the higher-grade zones. Processing performance was also very good with improved daily throughput. This resulted in a strong half and puts Hyundai on track to meet the top half of its four-year production guidance. Turning to slide 26. If he had a similarly strong performance and is on track to achieve the top half of its four-year production guidance. Q2 was a busy quarter at Itty with a successful transition from owner to contract mining in addition, the project's team completed the third wall raise on the TSF, 
two river diversions and the Hall Road out to La Plana. Construction of a leach tank to increase residence time on account of the high throughput was also commenced. The team have been working to open additional mining areas to increase visibility, which has paid off with higher production over the second quarter as the average process grade and gold recovery increased. The ore was sourced mainly from the Defleur and Bakatu pits, which are both higher grade. Recovery rates increased as the proportion of Defleur ore in the blend was lower than the previous quarter. Looking at the full year, while we expect grades to decrease with less Bakatu in the blend, we are planning to commence mining for La Plaque, which will see ore production in the last quarter of the year. Moving on to Bungu, which has now completed its third full year, third full quarter since the restart of mining operations last year. Following a strong Q4 and Q1, production declined in Q2 as a greater focus was placed on waste extraction and mining was constrained to lower grade areas. In contrast, during the previous two quarters, production was focused on mining of a higher grade ore block during the ramp up of the mining fleet. Isiaku, a general manager of Bungu, has done a great job to ensure that SFTP, our mining contractor, has been able to increase mining volumes to catch up on the shortfall from last year. Mining extraction activities continue to focus mainly on the west pit, with a new phase of the pit further to the north commencing as well. Pre-stripping activities continued in the east pit. The mining sequence will continue like this for the remainder of the year. Mill throughput is expected to remain broadly consistent with the first half, along with average process grades, while recovery rates are expected to decline slightly due to the ore characteristics. The wall raise of the TSF was largely completed during, by the end of the quarter. Overall, Bungu remains well positioned to meet its full year production guidance. Moving to Manor on slide 28, which is also on track to meet guidance for the year, based on a robust half one performance driven by strong mill throughput and grade. During the quarter, production decreased slightly due to a reduction in average process grade, which resulted from a decrease in the proportion of ore from the higher grade underground mine, where the focus was on development and backfilling of stopes. It is worth highlighting that following a detailed review of the Wayne and Ore Stage 4 cutback economics, and given the success of the CU underground, the decision was taken to forego the next cutback and rather develop the Wainer pit as an underground operation. We expect this to start in the coming months. Open pit mining will continue at Wainer Sector, by which time the Wainer Underground will, re will reach production levels. Martin, who has been our GM at Manor for the past nine months, has done a great job to refocus the team, improve operation efficiency, and reconfigure the operation away from open pit mining for a period until some of our open pit satellite deposits are proven which Patrick will discuss in the next section. Moving to Wanyon now. On a full quarter basis, production remained relatively stable as higher throughput offset the lower grade. Ore was sourced mainly from the Nog Valley North and Nog Valley South mining areas and was supplemented with ore from Fukura, where mining commenced earlier this year. Tons milled increased following fan maintenance carried out in Q1 looking to increase mill availability in Q2. The mill feed blend was similar to Q1 with mill transitional ore and a 60-40 split between oxide and fresh. 
Paul, our GM at Wanyon, has been at the mine since commissioning and has done a great job in leading the team through the transition from Taringa to Endeavour and ensuring that the mining operations keep pace with the processing plan, which is running well above nameplate. Given its strong half one performance, Wanyon is well positioned to meet its full year guidance. Mining is expected to continue at Nog Valley North, Nog Valley South and the Fakora Pit with significant waste development continuing throughout the year. Construction of the second cell of the TSF will continue through 2021 and will be completed in half one 2022. Turning to slide 30, Chama has also had a solid quarterly performance, placing it on track to achieve full year guidance. Though Chama is the smallest mine in the group and our only heat leach, Adama, our GM, has done a great job in leading his team to improve efficiency, reduce costs, and continue with advanced grade control drilling around the pits to extend mine life. Production increased during the quarter due to the higher grade stacks, thanks to some higher grades coming from Cow North Pit, which also had a positive impact on recovery due to stacking a higher proportion of ore from the same pit. Looking at the rest of the year, mining activity is expected to focus on the GG1 pit. As a result, process and recoveries are expected to be lower while stack grade is expected to decrease in Q3 due to the wet season before returning to normal levels in Q4 2021. Before handing over to Patrick, I would like to take you through our development projects, which are all progressing very well. I touched on the Sabadala Masawa Phase 1 and 2 expansions earlier. Phase 1 is on schedule and we expect all the work packages to be commissioned by the end of the year. The Phase 2 DFS is also on track to be completed by year-end. At Fedecro, the DFS is progressing well. All metallurgical and geotechnical test work was completed during Q2, and the mining permit is expected to be awarded shortly. At the same time, our exploration team are doing further drilling around the La Figue resource, which will be the main pick for this project, along with follow-up drilling around nearby targets, which Patrick will talk about later. At Kalana, optimisation of the study continued with a particular focus on investigating ore sorting as a method to produce, to both reduce the volume of ore to be processed and increasing the feed grade. The DFS remains on track to be completed in Q1 2022. As you can see, performance across our operations has been strong in quarter two and the group remains on track to achieve its production and all in sustaining cost guidance for the full year. This is a testament to the overall quality of our portfolio and the capabilities and great work of our operating team. And with that, I'll hand over to Patrick. Thanks, Mark, and hi to everyone on the call. Uh, as you can see on the slide 33, it's been a really a very busy semester for us with overall more than 300,000 meters drilled across our property to date in 2021 amounting to a total spend of over $50 million. With our year exploration effort and good results to do to date, as already mentioned by Sebastian, uh, we should be on track to add more than two and a half uh, million ounces of new indicated ounces in 2021, which is uh, close to our target. Following on from our significant exploration success since the beginning of the year, uh, updated resource estimates are indeed expected to be published in uh, uh, ET, Unde, Sabo, Masabo, Sabodala Masawa, and also Fetecro. Uh, 
Going on slide 34, starting now with our new flagship operation, Sabodala Masawa. Uh, we are very excited by all the remaining exploration opportunities we see over this relatively still underexplored property. We have focused in 2021 on identifying additional non-refractory targets within the Masawa Lease, which are located less than 30 kilometers away from the Sabolala Mills. In the first semester, our exports were mainly focused on Samina, Tina, Sofia, and other undeveloped and uh, especially non-refractory targets. To cut the chase, so far in 2021, we have been uh, uh, quite successful, and uh, we expect an update resource estimate for all of the H1 address exploration target to be published later on in 2021. At the Sofia North deposit, we initially focused on delineating its previously identified northern extension. This extension has been tracked and is now extending over 800 meters along strike and is 150 meters wide and remain open at depth. Reading conducted also at uh, the Samina deposit focused on increasing the formerly known 500 meters mineralized strike length to over 900 meters and uh, it uh, too remains open. At the Tina deposit, uh, finally, initial drilling mainly focused on expanding and converting previously known inferred resource defined in 2019 into indicated uh, resource in 2021. Uh, then you have uh, two, uh, three uh, slides with the main cross section issued from the main target that have been addressed at the Sabodala Masawa uh, deposit. Uh, due to time, I will skip over, but this is just for the purpose of illustrating the good quality of the mineralization encountered in these three uh, deposits. On slide 38, at Unde, our H1 exploration efforts were mainly focused on Vindalu South, Mambo, and the intersection between uh, Carry Gap and Carry Center, where our initial and previous exploration efforts did not yet close the mineralization extension. We will discuss the new Mambo discovery in more detail on the following slide, but it must be first be noted that additional exploration in the Cary area and at Vindalu South performed during the first semester, concentrated on delineating new mineralized extension and will be the subject of additional exploration effort later in 2021. On slide 39, you can feel that the drilling result at the Mambo target have indeed generated significant internal excitement, as it may be considered as a significant discovery now. Geologically speaking, Mambo is located in a very attractive setting at the boundary between volcanic and granitic intrusion. Its mineralized trend now extends over more than 800 meters with pending drill results expected to hopefully extend this strike length to over 1 to 1.2 kilometers. Mineralization appears to be still open to the northeast, southwest, and also at depths since it, it has been only tested down to approximately 100 meters. Step out drilling in the second half of the year will target lateral extension of Mambo and also, an initial uh, maiden resource is expected to be published before year end. Slide 40, 
shows section A from the northern part of the deposit where aquatic and uh, very continuous mineralization occurs uh, within the granitic uh, intrusion. While on slide 41, the section B uh, show is uh, located in the southern part of the Mambo deposit at the boundary between the granite and the massive volcanics where the mineralization also appear to be somewhat thinner than in the north, but more importantly, much higher grade as shown, for example, in the whole 350. Moving now to ET, uh, our exploration first semester uh, efforts were mainly focused on the Leplac South area, on what is now uh, known as a new discovery named West Lotuo, on uh, Daaple Deep, on uh, Yopleu Legal Extension, and also on the area located at the junction between the Bakatu and Walter deposit. Full geological reinterpretation of, uh, of the whole area led us to aggressively uh, drill the west flow to a target, which is located immediately below an old verse west waste dump. This led us to validate and extend significantly the discovery of a series of continuous high-grade mineralized lands located in the immediate proximity of the ET plant. Delineation is presently going on aggressively, and this new discovery, which is still open to the north, south, and also at depth, will have a new maiden resource published before the, year, the end of the year. Very positive deep drilling also uh, was also conducted at depth at Daple, and this clearly confirmed that mineralization continues at depth according to our model and now extends at least 300 meters down deep of the deepest curing pit design. Finally, drilling conducted at the junction between Bakatu and Walter deposit confirmed the continuity of the overall mineralization existing between these two both carn type deposits and illustrate the global continuity of mineralization all around the whole diuretic, granulodiuretic ET intrusion. On slide 43, uh, we have a close-up of our H1 exploration activity within the Leplac area with some of the best selected intercepts per, per target. The Leplac deposit has been extended laterally and at depth, like in its uh, southern delta extension, outside our 2020 resource pit design. And the Yopleu Legale previous discovery has also been positively confirmed and significantly extended. On slide 44, we have the, some illustration of our success in extending high-grade mineralization laterally and at depth in the delta extension area, clearly demonstrating the possibility of extending our present plan pit laterally and also downward, and even enabling us to consider a potential underground upside for this very attractive shear structure. Now, going on Burkina Faso, on the Bongo mine, uh, the exploration was focused in the first semester on very near mine target in the area located in between the east and west pit and within the southwest, southeast, and the northwest Natugu area. At Natugu Northwest, hanging wall mineralization was identified and followed on with a higher grade mineralization extending over 700 meters and remaining open to the north. We also 
has identified some interesting mineralized trends at Natugu Southeast, Natugu Southwest, West Lank, and Bongu Northwest, and we will focus on extending later on these and evaluating additional inferred resources on those targets. Jumping now, uh, going on on uh, Bongu Mine, the slide 46 briefly uh, illustrates some of the best selected intercepts from our H1 drilling program around Bongu. Unfortunately, due to time, I'm going to have to jump over this slide, but uh, without too much detail. Next, we move quickly to tackle the MANA mine where we have been very active during the first semester. On slide 47, you can see the target that uh, were addressed in the MANA area during H1. And on uh, the general map uh, that is also exhibiting uh, some of our best intercepts obtained per zone during this uh, semester. The exploration efforts were mainly focused on several open pit oxide targets, such as, uh, for example, Maula 1, and on evaluating underground targets at Sioux and Niafe. I will discuss the drilling at Maula on the next slide, but before I do so, it is worth noting on this slide that deeper drilling conducted at Sioux North intersected higher grade mineralized zones adjacent to the planned underground development. On slide 48, drilling conducted at Maula clearly extended the mineralization, which within the exploitation license is now made of two east and west mineralized branches. The mineralized trend also now extends to the southwest within the neighboring exploration license. On the slide 49, uh, we, uh, it show, shows that uh, cross-section through the northern part of the Maula mineralized trend which is simply illustrating the two opposite dipping eastern and western Maula mineralized branch that remain still to be uh, fully delineated. Moving to Wanyon on slide 50, uh, we have a first a global map of our exploration and exploitation licenses uh, within the Wanyon area, showing the entire area where we'll be uh, fully active during 2021. The exploration really only started during Q2 at Wanyon, and it is right now uh, speeding up and focusing on Nogbele North and Nogbele South deposits and targeting the continuation of mineralized structure between the pits. Exploration efforts in the second half will accelerate and will clearly uh, and will continue to focus on the extension of the Nogbele mineralization as a whole the continuation of the Fourcoura deposit and testing also some extension at this hillside target. Reconnaissance drilling at various attractive targets such as Kafina West and Korindugu uh, will also be completed later this year. Slide 51 shows an illustrative cross-section of Nogbele South with some interesting mineralized zones. It's still early days on this exploration and I will skip over this cross-section also due to uh, time constraint. Moving to Karma now, uh, on slide 52, in the first half of 2021, exploration work was implemented as part of an advanced grade control type drilling, as mentioned by Mark, targeting the immediate extensions of the currently mined mineralization at Kao North and accelerating their natural incorporation into the current and very short-term mine plan. 
On slide 53, we are moving now to uh, FETECO, which was again our largest greenfield exploration focused during H1 2021. The map to the right of the page indicates all the first semester drilling uh, in small yellow circle and highlights some of the best in selected intercepts encountered uh, since the beginning of the year on La Figuier. With more than 50,000 meters uh, drilled having, having been completed since the last resource update uh, last year, an updated resource estimate is not expected to be published in late 2021. At La Figuier North, a small part of the exploration program focused on converting some of the remaining inferred resource into indicated resource, but really most of the activity really focused in the area located in between La Figue Center and La Figue North deposits, with the result of this aggressive drilling activity being extremely successful and demonstrated the continuity of the mineralized system with the occurrence of shallow, sub-parallel and stacked mineralized, mineralized lenses that were previously located outside of the 2020 resource pit. All these newly discovered mineralization will now be included in the new mineral resource estimate, which will support the ongoing DFS. And finally, slide 54 exhibits more or less a north-south section of the area uh, that has been intensely drilled uh, in between La Figue North and Center, illustrating the extent of the newly discovered mineralized lands that are clearly located now outside of our previous 2020 resource pitches, shown in the extreme northwest of the section. And now, Sébastien, back to you. Thank you, Joanna. Thank you, Mark. And thank you, Patrick, for your overviews. As you can see with this quarter's results compared to a year ago, we now afford a more complete investment proposition with a high-quality portfolio, a strong social license to operate, a healthy balance sheet, a robust organic growth pipeline, and a friendly shareholder returns program. Overall, we firmly believe that having a resilient business and having a disciplined capital allocation framework are key to be able to deliver long-term value for shareholders. And finally, to conclude on slide 60, you can see our key upcoming catalysts, uh, which we have described throughout the presentation. With that, I would like first to thank my team for this very solid quarter, and in particular Mark's team and our GMs who have been pushing on all fronts and keeping the house in order while some of us were busy on the corporate agenda uh, with the listing and the integration of Semaphore and Teringa people and assets. I think this quarter is a demonstration that the integration is now completed and that we have strong foundations for the future. Last but not least, thank you all for dialing in, and I will now open the line up to questions. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, we now begin the question and answer session. As a reminder, if you wish to ask a question, please press star 1 on your telephone and wait for the name to be announced. Please stand by while we count the Q&A queue. This will only take a few moments. If you wish to cancel your request, please press hash key. Our first question came from the line of Art Tariq from Credit Suisse. Please go ahead. Your line is open. 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hi, good morning. Thanks for taking my question. Um, you reiterated the 2021 uh, cost guidance, um, but I didn't hear anything, and I apologize if I missed this, but I didn't hear anything on inflationary pressures, uh, which is you know kind of the most common theme we're hearing from some of your peers. Maybe talk a bit about uh, if you're seeing any labor wage inflation or any other inflation and how we should be thinking about costs maybe in the second half of this year. Thanks. Thanks, Fahad. I mean, we haven't commented too much on this because uh, we don't have that much impact. So uh, compared to our peers, I mean, we probably have a, a bit of a different situation. Uh, you know, I think the fact that uh, we went through uh, massive renegotiation, you know, with the Semaphore acquisition and then with the Teranga acquisition on all our main key contracts uh, on the supply chain and logistics side, uh, you know, we have locked in uh, over the last few months, you know, contracts which are lasting six months, 12 months, 18 months, 24 months. Uh, with uh, minimum increase and in some cases, you know, even some some reduction. Uh, you know, if I give the example of cyanide, uh, you know, we've locked in, I mean, our prices for 21, and we've got even a reduction, you know, in 22 uh, of several percentage. Uh, so we we don't, you know, we're not seeing yet, you know, uh, inflation cost, you know, rising. Uh, the only one which is obviously important that uh, we keep monitoring is uh, LFO and HFO. Uh, depending on where the oil price is and the impact translated in countries where we operate, which depend a lot of the taxes that we are paying in country. Um, the only one which I would be careful, you know, on our side is uh, to see how we will be impacted on CapEx, you know, for 2022 when we will finalize the DFS in particular for the next two projects that will go into construction. So uh, mainly uh, Sabadora Masawa Phase 2 expansion and also uh, Federico, uh, and uh, obviously we would uh, expect uh, uh, some uh, increases compared to our initial thoughts, you know, due to steel prices. Uh, but at the same time, you know, we might see a bit of, um, uh, you know, uh, we, we might see, you know, steel prices to start, you know, coming off a bit, you know, towards the end of the year. So, uh, you know, we'll wait, you know, to finalize the DFS and, and come up with, you know, the real CapEx numbers for those two projects to comment on uh, on inflation cost or not. That's very clear. Thank you.
Thank you for your question. The next question came from the line of Mr. Habib from Kosher Bank. Let's go ahead. Your line is open. Thanks, operator, and uh, congrats, Sebastian and uh, Endeavor team uh, on a solid quarter and a clean beat. Uh, just uh, a couple of questions from me. Uh, the first one, um, Sebastian, you've produced around 756,000 ounces in the first half, uh, implying around 740,000 ounces in the second half. Uh, that's according to the top end of guidance. Now, in regards to your outlook provided on your key mines, looks like second half is going to be better than the first half. Are, are you just being conservative on guidance, or am I missing something here? <laughs> um, you know the rules. You know uh, on the on the on the promise of a deliver. Uh, so uh, I think you know it depends on a lot of parameters. Uh, first of all, we know we pushed a bit in Q2 because. Uh, uh, we were also lucky to have uh, a rainy season that started later than uh, you know the year before. Uh, so you know when this happens, this is where you want to push uh, you know as much as possible because uh, then the impact that you can have you know in the future, you've already backed in uh, I would say uh, as much as possible answers. Uh, so rather than having you know pressure on you know big Q3 and big Q4, uh, you know we have now de-risk I would say. Uh, the the production profile. I mean, for the full year, uh, so that's uh, that's the positive side. Um, we have. I mean, we don't know how the rainy season is going to be in Q3. So we tend to have. You know, depending on when the rainy season starts and how long, you know, it goes for. Uh, we tend to have lower Q2 and lower Q3 versus Q1 and Q4. So uh, you know, with a strong Q2, it's uh, again the uh, risk uh, are our Q3. Um, and the other element is. Uh, you know, you, you should be producing as much as you can when gold price environment is positive. And, uh, you know, clearly with, uh, you know, gold price around 1800, this is where you want to be, uh, you know, producing a lot. So, uh, you know, we've been pushing, you know, what we could. Um, Q3 and Q4 will be good quarters, uh, you know, I have no doubt. Uh, and, uh, and therefore, you know, uh, if we can go, you know, till the uh, up, upper end of the guidance, you know, I think, uh, you know, the contract will be done. And, and just in terms of the rainy season, how has kind of July fared out? Is it, is it kind of normal rain, or is it uh, above average, below average? Anything? Any comment? Um, Mark was at ET, you know, could comment, uh, you know, live. Uh, but uh, you know, so far it's been it's been pretty good. Uh, so on the positive side. Uh, but uh, you know, while I'm saying that, you know, Mark might tell me that uh, he's under heavy rain. Mark. Yeah. So. Um, what I would say is ITI had a, a pretty good July, actually. It's lower than normal, whereas um, in Burkina Faso, it's been per normal. Um, so, yeah, it's, 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 it's actually good to see the, the, the wet season start. You know, we don't want it to be delaying too much. Um, yeah. So the guys, have, the guys have managed well through July. And, and yeah. as I said, ITI seems to be a bit, a bit slow um, on, the, on the wet season. Um, but always we are cautious because sometimes what we see is um, uh, with a, a, a late start, I mean, in the rainy season, uh, it can mean also that the rainy season goes over into, you know, part of Q4. So, um, you know, let's, let's be cautious. I mean, it's good to have, you know, this uh, significant advance compared to, uh, you know, our target for the full year, uh, which gives us, you know, room uh, to, uh, you know, to deliver the high end of the guidance. Perfect. Makes sense, um, Sebastian. Thanks for that. 
And and just uh, one more question for me regarding Fatico. Um, you know, you, you're going forward with the release of the feasibility study by the year end. Uh, Patrick's uh, team continues to drill out, you know, these new targets and, and, and new zones and continues to expand Fatico. Um, you know, how should we be looking at the feasibility study? I mean, you know, in terms of the cutoff on exploration, obviously it looks like there's, uh, you know, there could be a lot more upside on, on Fatico than what we're going to see in the feasibility study. Uh, am I on the right track on this? Well, you know, the way we're looking at it is um, the reason why, uh, you know, we've been pushing and, and, and Patrick's team has been, uh, you know, continuing to drill is uh, what we need to be clear is on the size of the plant, uh, you know, for the DFS. Uh, and you might recall, uh, you know, the, uh, the ET story, uh, you know, we started with uh, a PFS, uh, you know, at 1.5 million ton, uh, then we moved to uh, 2 million ton, then 3 million ton launched the construction for a 5 million ton plant and uh, ended up with a 5 million ton CL plant. Uh, so uh, we just want to get you know, a bit more information. Obviously, we're not going to complete, I mean, all the drilling programs that we wanted, uh, but we're going to take a view uh, at the end of the year with the project team and with Mark and Patrick on, you know, based on what we see, what's the, the right size, you know, for the plant. Uh, and, uh, you know, we always said that what, you know, an Endeavor project looks like is uh, above 200,000 ounce annual production for above 10 years at, uh, you know, 850 all in or below. Uh, and I think we, uh, you know, we're on track on that. So uh, let's, let's see the results at the end of the year. Okay, sounds good, uh, Sebastian. That's, that's it for me right for, uh, for now. And uh, congrats on a good quarter. Thanks, Elias. Thank you for the question. The next question is from the line of Anita Sony from CIBC Board Market. Let's go ahead. Good morning, Sebastian and team. Thanks for taking my call. Um, first off, congratulations on a really solid result uh, this quarter. Um, and I guess the questions on um, uh, operations uh, kind of hitting the top end have been already asked by Obey. So I'm just going to stick to the financials. Um, the restructuring costs that you had this quarter um, and the depreciation um, revaluation again for um, the Tarang acquisition. Could we expect that to now be behind us and we won't see any more restructuring costs or any kind of fair value adjustments at this stage? Um, Joanna? Sorry. Uh, thanks, Seb. Um, the restructuring costs we would expect to go down significantly or be nominal moving forward because we were complete the majority of that with the completion of the Terang acquisition and the completion of the London listing. And with respect to the fair value adjustments and the depreciation adjustments, we have not yet finalized the Taranga purchase price allocation, so that might happen, that we expect that to happen in Q3. So there could be some minor changes, although we don't expect them to be material, similar to um, what happened this quarter with the finalization of the SEMFO PPA. Yeah, and then just uh, if you could just provide, Joanna, a little bit more clarity on um, what that adjustment was. It says it was with regards to the inventory, um, rather, so was that, you know, I guess um, just just related to things that were on the pads, or was that actually, you know, sort of related to the actual sort of um, uh, physical assets? What happened? Do you mean I need? Do you mean the gold inventory uh, changes, or? Um... It just it just said your depreciation adjustment was related to inventory. So I'm just I'm just not quite sure if you could provide some color on what that was related to. Specifically. I think it's yeah it's it's related to uh, gold inventories. Uh, that move from one quarter to the uh, to the second one, but uh, you know I'll, I'll ask uh, Martino to uh, to call you back on yep. this with the details. Okay, that's it for my question. Thank you. 
Thank you for your question. The next question is from Kerry McCrory from Canaccord Genuity. Please go ahead. Good morning, everyone. Um, so you've got the Sabadala Masawa feasibility study expected to be done by the end of the year. And just in light of Patrick's comments around a new resource update there, should we expect a reserve and resource update with that study, or is that sort of too late to make the cut for the DFS? Yeah, uh, you should expect definitely some updates on, on, on resources and reserves uh, alongside with the, uh, with the DFS, uh, Kerry. Okay, great. And then maybe just on the balance sheet, you've got you know over 800 million cash, and, but still quite a bit drawn on the on the revolver. Just wondering any color on you know why keep such a high amount still on the credit facility. Sure. So we we uh, you know we said as part of our capital market day that the objective was first to uh, you know to close mm. the uh, integration of uh, Teranga and Semafo and do the listing, and uh, you know we are now ready uh, you know to work on. Uh, uh, credit ratings uh, for the uh, for the company, and based on that, to uh, restructure the balance sheet. So that's something that uh, you know would happen in the second half of the year or beginning of next year. Okay, great. Then maybe just one for one more for me. I, I know you mentioned that Mana going to sort of a 100% underground. Just wondering what that's going to look like and sort of how quickly um, that's expected to happen. So like sort of you know the underground currently I think is only about a third of the mill feed. So should we be expecting you know, the underground to expand overall, or is the plant going to run at a lower but higher grade level going forward? Sure. So the, the, the plan, and, and we're still working on it, I mean, we completed a PFS and, uh, you know, we'll probably provide, I mean, to the market with uh, uh, some, you know, technical report updates, you know, for, uh, for MANA uh, in, the, in the coming months. Uh, but the, um, the objective is to be able to prevent the, I mean, shut down the WANA open pit and transition to the uh, WANA underground. Um, the WANA underground alongside with CU underground, you know, should allow to, uh, you know, give, uh, you know, a good solid profile for the next uh, four or five years, you know, for MANA uh, with about 100,000 ounces, you know, provided by each underground mine. So, uh, you know, between 180 to 200,000 ounces, you know, annual production for the asset over the next, uh, the next few years. The objective through that is, you know, to give uh, a strong, uh, a strong production basis to allow, in parallel, uh, Patrick's team uh, to work on the exploration side, uh, so that in two, three years' time, once all the uh, key targets that we wanted to drill, uh, you know, are done, uh, we can then decide, you know, the uh, the future of Mana. So, uh, yeah, happy to have, you know, a plan, you know, for the short term, while Patrick's team, you know, will be drilling heavily uh, in the area. Uh, to get us a better picture on the future of MANA. Got it. Got it. That's helpful. Any um, any thoughts on what the all sustaining cost there would look like for a range? Uh, not at this stage, Kerry. I mean, we just completed the first PFS, so we'll wait. I mean, for the final results, uh, probably in September, October. So I guess you know we would provide visibility as part of our Q3. All right. Fair enough. Thanks a lot. Thank you for your question. The next question from Wayne Lamb from RBC. Please go ahead. Hey, uh, morning, guys. Um, just curious at Misawa, uh, in terms of the mining from the various deposits, um, how long do you expect ore to be sourced solely from Sophia, and uh, when might you begin stripping and sourcing ore from the central zone? Hey, Wayne, thanks. Uh, Mark, do you want to comment? Yeah, sure. I thought I'd um, just start and say that just as we were talking about the wet season, just as we finished that, it started raining here. But uh, 
moving on to onto Sabadala. Yes, um, what we're we're looking at is starting up um, stripping and and getting everything sorted to start mining Central Zone uh, at the end of this year, so that it will become a production feed for next year. And then we're also looking at uh, the option of recommencing the Sabadala pit uh, next year as well, um, just to provide, you know, just looking at the longer term profile. So yes, at this point in time, it's, it's mainly, it's all Sophia, but then it'll be all Masawa, um, and then we'll have some Sabadala coming back in. Okay, got it. And then, uh, just with the exploration focus on the non-refractory ore, um, if there's significant exploration success and much more oxide material found, uh, would that impact the timing of the construction of the box plant? So it, it wouldn't weigh in impact the construction. I think it just gives us, you know, more flexibility, uh, you know, to, uh, you know, ramp up, uh, you know, the biox plant and, uh, and, and make sure that, uh, you know, we've got everything required. So, uh, that's why you know we we're pushing on that front also because uh, you know this will provide you know even more flexibility in the coming uh, uh, 24 24 months. Okay, perfect. And then uh, maybe just last question uh, at Bongu. Um, just wondering what the driver uh, on the higher security cost was this quarter, and uh, just wondering in terms of the grade profile uh, through the year as the East Pit is kind of brought online. Um, how should we think about the grades trending? Uh, relative to reserve grade. Sure. Maybe, Mark, you want to comment on the mining sequence and the grade, and uh, I'll just give a few comments on the security cost. Yeah, sure. I think, um, you know, what we were mining late last year was a nice high-grade pocket, and we did um, we did bring some of that forward from this year into, into um, Q4, uh, hence why we're seeing, you know, the, the trend down that we are. But we are probably trending back towards the reserve grade, which is, you know, what you would expect um, basically through to the end of the year. Yeah, on the uh, on the security cost, I think it's more uh, a timing of, uh, you know, spent and cash out, you know, spent on uh, uh, infrastructure uh, that were reinforced around the mine site and uh, also some... Uh, Equipment, you know, for all the logistic parts. Uh, so, um, yeah, nothing, nothing particular there to, uh, you know, to worry about. Uh, just we continue to uh, monitor closely. I mean, the situation, and we make any adjustments required depending on the environment. Okay, perfect. That's all for me. Thank you very much. Thanks, Wayne. Thank you for your question. We have the next question from Don DeMarco from National Bank Finance. Please go ahead. Oh, thank you, operator, and uh, congratulations, gentlemen, on a strong quarter, uh, Sebastian and team. Um, yeah, I see the stock is up 7% on the LSE right now, so that's a nice sneak preview of what we can expect in Toronto. Um, a lot of the questions have been answered, but maybe continue with the theme of the rainy season. Would you expect any any impacts uh at Sabadal Masawa from potential rainy season. We, we know obviously ET and Hyundai are prone to that, but um, is there any risk also at, at that flagship mine? Uh, thanks, Don. I mean, first of all, I wanted to thank you because I saw in your sales note that uh, you were pounding the table, you know, with those uh, Q2 sets of results. So, uh, agree and thanks. 
on the Sabadola Masawa, uh, not really. I mean, the rainy season, uh, you know, you've got a bit of rain over there, but, uh, you know, it doesn't have, you know, uh, uh, I would say massive disruption compared to uh, what we see at, uh, at ET uh, or what we would see at, at Buenio, uh which has, uh, you know, probably the two assets which are, you know, getting the biggest, uh, the biggest impact from the rainy season. Mark, I don't know if you want to comment uh, more than that. Yeah, no, it, the, the rainy season is not as, is certainly not as strong. And um, from what I've seen and understand, um, I think we will be okay. Okay, okay, guys, well, that, that's encouraging. I mean, obviously, Sabadal Masal was a key driver, um, uh, among other assets, to the performance we saw in Q2. And, and just continuing to focus on Sabadal Masavo for a bit, we saw the grades this quarter quite a bit above the Sophia reserve grades of, of 2.7. So what should we be thinking about grades for Q3 and Q4 at this asset? I know we've talked about, there's been commentary about mining of Sophia, a little bit of Sabadal coming into the end of the year, but, but back in the end of the year. But in terms of just magnitude of grade, it, to me it seemed like it was a, a bit of an outlier in Q2. And can we expect this to continue or will this ease a bit? Mark, you want to you comment on the great profile? Yeah, I, I, I do agree. We, we did have a very good um, Q2. We had some very nice high grade um, in the Sophia main pit. Um, so we expect it to be not quite as strong in Q3 and Q4, but still pretty good. Okay. Okay, that's fair. Um, then, of course, we're looking toward the end of the year. We've got the DFS from Patekaro and Kalan and so on. What, what are you guys thinking about potential sequencing of development of both of these as well as the phase two expansion at Sabadol and Masawa? Like, is it possible you could do all three concurrently or, or, or would it be sequenced? And I know this is still subject to you know, final go-forward decisions on, on following the, the release of these studies, but... But what, what can you think about here? You're bound, you obviously you went through very strong, quick deleveraging in Q2, gives you some flexibility. But interested in your thoughts as you build out your pipeline into the future. Sure. Well, I think the view is still um, is still the same at this stage, Don. Which is, uh, you know, two projects in parallel is um, uh, is good. Uh, three would be a stretch for management. Uh, and would be also, you know, potentially a stretch for balance sheet. Not that the balance sheet is not going to be strong, but uh, you know, unfortunately, I can't forecast yet, you know, what the uh, gold price environment will be in 22 and 23. Uh, so I think that uh, you know, progressing, you know, two of those projects in parallel, you know, gives us a first wave of organic growth uh, with a strong uh, preference at this stage for. Uh, Sabadola Masawa expansion phase two uh, and Fedecro towards you know Kalana, um, which gives us you know a second wave of organic growth you know after 23 uh, with uh, you know Kalana you know having more time to uh, uh, line up and to get into uh, into uh, becoming a full end of a project uh, which is uh, as I said earlier above 200,000 ounces uh, you know for at least 10 years and below 850 all in sustaining cost. So this will give more time, I mean, to work on uh, on Kalana and also more time to uh, bring up, you know, the next uh, greenfield project uh, or to uh, surprise the market with some, you know, uh, expansion at one of the existing mines. Uh, so uh, the good thing is that, you know, uh, uh, what I like, you know, with this portfolio is that there is a lot of optionalities. Uh, I think we have now a clear, 
you know, next five-year you know, picture between the existing portfolio and the two uh, and the two upcoming projects. Um, the next two years will be about you know uh, preparing uh, the next uh, the next wave of organic growth, and uh, and I think that we'll have again you know a few 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 interesting options you know for this second wave. Yeah, certainly. Okay, well, th- thanks for that. That seems prudent. Um, well, we'll look forward to uh, congratulations again. We'll look forward to talking in Q3, and uh, at that point, you should be in a, a cash surplus position. Thanks again. That's all for me. Thanks, Don. The next question is from the line of Lawson Winder from BSA Securities. Please go ahead. Hello, uh, everybody, and uh, thank you for taking the question. Um, just uh, wanted to ask about uh, some of the exploration stuff going on. So, so first of all, on uh, Bungu, um, Patrick, were you, I, I noted that you were able to uh, to do some drilling at Bungu Northwest. Now, is that kind of outside of the um, the like safety perimeter area? And, and would that signal that um, into the second half of next year, uh, the the exploration program at Bungu might be expanding? Uh, uh, yes, actually, we've been drilling a little bit outside the fence uh, of the mine to the north, uh, just a little bit. But basically, in 2021, we wanted to finish uh, all the uh, uh, very, very near mine exploration around the pit and also working a little bit uh, on the junction between uh, the west pit and the tentative uh, uh, underground part uh, to the to the west. That's the first thing. And yes, uh, secondly, we are working on defining uh, improved security profi- procedure to be able, uh, hopefully, before the end of the year or starting uh, more aggressively next year, on doing some more exploration, uh, let's say, in the close vicinity from the mine, but at least outside the fence. Great. Um, and then um, on the... Uh Expected R&R update on Sabadao uh, and Masala and, and actually Mambo in particular. Um, do you have an idea of what the expected split will be between oxide and, uh, and sulfide on both of those? Uh, too, it's still too early to say this kind of thing. So if you take Sabadao uh, Masawa, just remember that we, uh, we, we, uh, we, we incorporated the asset ourselves in the new endeavor only in uh, March, and it's only a few months ago. So basically what we have been doing is uh, reshuffling and uh, reprioritizing all the targets uh, that uh, we had in mind. And uh, right now we are quite, uh, uh, I would say, uh, aggressively uh, working on, uh, on Masawa, because if you look at uh, what we plan in the pie chart about the spending, basically we spend less than we, what we should have, it's just because the start of the project, uh, exploration project, was delayed. So it's still too early to speak about the percentage of oxide and and uh, fresh. Uh, for Maula, uh, it's a bit the same. You know, uh, we have been working mostly uh, in uh, extending uh, uh, on uh, Mambo. I would say. Uh, uh, you are talking uh, Maula uh, on uh, Mana or Mambo? Uh, no, Mambo at Hunde. Ah, Mambo. Mambo still, uh, Mambo, uh, our effort was just to extend as much as we could. And now uh, we are only starting, you know, to infill drilling. So it's a bit uh, too early yet to say uh, what could be the 
percentage of uh, oxide uh, versus fresh and so on on, on, on this uh, deposit. Honestly, it's still too early. We should have uh, all that when we publish an update on the mineral resource. Um, great. And then the uh, the decision to uh, go to uh, underground at um, at Kona. Now, how is that going to uh, impact the the reserve? Is there going to be a slight reduction in the total Warner uh, reserve as a result of that? No. Um, in fact, Lawson, we, um, we we didn't comment in detail during the um, uh, reserve uh, that we published, uh, you know, for uh, at the end of 2020. Uh, but in fact, uh, we already, uh, you know, took out some reserves that were on the Wana open pit side, in particular on the north part, which uh, initially Semafo had planned to mine, and uh, and it was I think it was about 700,000 ounces that we took out, uh, but we were able to add uh, about uh, a bit more than 800,000 ounces of reserves, you know, for the underground. Uh, so uh, those reserves are already included. Uh, and we did it on the basis of our, you know, PFS. And uh, uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, the objective now is to, uh, you know, finalize all the studies and be ready, uh, you know, for construction, hopefully, you know, at the end of the year. Okay, great. And then on the topic of um, uh, Semaphore plans, Semaphore was quite excited about uh, Bantu. And I, I've noticed uh, Patrick hasn't been uh, particularly focused on Bantu so far this year. Was that a conscious decision, and what was the thinking around that, and, and how are you viewing that asset? Yeah, exactly. I think a uh, you know, conscious decision for uh, you know two reasons. One is you know we were extremely busy on uh, on other areas, uh, and second, we're clearing also uh, all the permitting uh, environment uh, around uh, around Bantu. Uh, so that's something on the uh, on the agenda for uh, you know Patrick's team um, you know later this year and uh, and in 2022. Okay, great. And then just uh, one one final question I wanted to uh, to just ask about Karma. You'd mentioned some uh, some additional uh, drilling success near mine. Um, perhaps could you quantify um, that that success and what it might mean in terms of uh, you know life extension extension or or you know number of ounces. Marginal, marginal, okay. marginal, and uh, you know it doesn't change our view, which is that uh, you know Karma is non-core, and uh, you know uh, H1 was pretty busy for the corporate team on uh, you know integration of uh, um, uh, Taranga and the listing. Uh, so uh, you know the team's going to be a bit more focused on H2 on potentially divesting Karma. Excellent, great job on the quarter, guys. Thanks. No, thank you very much, Wilson. The next question is from Mark Bentley from Shirtsock. Please go ahead. Hello, hello, um, Sebastian and team. Thanks very much for, for excellent delivery in, in the first half. Um, uh, firstly, I have a question concerning the uh, possible index inclusion, and then three questions concerning exploration matters. So firstly, on the index inclusion, uh, I just want to clarify the liquidity test of uh, two and a half basis points of shares traded. Is that the number of shares traded daily or monthly? So the, the test, I mean, based on uh, on the cutoff date which was taken, uh, is uh, about 40, a bit more than 40,000 shares a day. Thanks very much. Great. Uh, then the, the three exploration questions. Um, first of all, the new discovery at Iti West Flotur. Um, 
where you've found some new mineralized lenses. Uh, at roughly what depth are these lenses? Then my second question is you've stated in the results that you expect to, to add two and a half million ounces of indicated resources in 2021. Um, how much of that will convert to reserves uh, and will more of that convert to reserves in 2022 rather than 2021? Uh, and then the third question is, what are your plans for exploring Golden Hill? Sure, thanks, Mark. Uh, maybe, Patrick, you want to comment first on the uh, on, on the ET? Yes. Uh, yes, on ET, uh, it's pretty simple. Uh, Verse West is starting at surface. Uh, some of the lands are uh, basically cropping out be be below the waste dump, so it was a big mistake, but... The, uh, is a historical team to have it let go, so we reinterpreted that. Uh, overall, uh, I don't know exactly what will be the size, but it's uh, uh, starting from surface down to uh, basically uh, as deep as we could have drilled. Uh, we found some uh, continuity of mineralization, so we don't know exactly. Uh, we know uh, we target more or less a mineralization in average of two grams per ton, more or less, uh, in all uh, this area. So that's for, for the first question on uh, Verse West. Uh, on the second one, uh, Mark, the 2.5 million ounces of indicated resources are, you know, predominantly will be coming, you know, from the core assets. So uh, Hyundai, Ichi, Sabadola, Masawa, and, uh, and Fedecro. And, uh, and if I take, you know, our historical conversion rate, you know, I would be expecting between uh, 70 to 80 percent, you know, to be converted into reserves. Uh, and will, will that reserve addition come in this year's reserve results or, or will it take until next year before that can be added? Um, difficult to say at this stage because it will depend on the drilling campaigns and in particular infield drilling that we would do uh, in, uh, in the second half of the year. So... Um, but uh, what we always said is that at least we want to ensure that uh, in terms of reserve that we will be adding in 21, uh, at least what we deplete. Uh, so you would be expecting at least 1.5 million ounces of reserve that is added. Thank you. And then the final part was uh, what are the plans for Golden Hill exploration? Uh, yeah. Ma uh, Patrick, you want to comment on Golden Hill? Yeah, uh, some golden eel, uh, that's the same, uh, uh, a little bit the same issue as on Bantu. Uh, you know, golden eel is located immediately uh, uh, 30 kilometers south of Hunde. So basically, we are working on evaluating the possibility to connect somehow uh, the golden eel mineralization that have been previously discovered. And we are also trying to solve uh, on a natural way, you know, some uh, license issue and renewal and all that stuff. As soon as everything will be been cleared, uh, we'll be uh, in action again on uh, Golden Hill. But uh, not yet for the first uh, uh, semester. Thanks very much, uh, Sebastian and Patrick. That's very helpful. Great. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. I will now back end the conference back to the management. Please go ahead. Thank you, everyone, for attending the Q2 webcast. Uh, for additional questions, uh, we remain available by uh, phone or email. Thank you very much, and have a good rest of the day.
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.